Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. Welcome back to the second interview of 2022. I'm excited about this one. We have got our swimming recruiter, Natasha Lloyd, joining us. Natasha, how you doing? Hi, good. Thank you. How How's the weather for you guys? I'm sure it's way warmer than it is for me <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, actually. We had, well, they said it was like a cyclone, but it was just a bit of wind and rain. Uh, but we've been pretty blessed here in Auckland. It's blue sky outside, so nice. it's fantastic. Uh, we've been enjoying it and I've uh, been very, very lucky with the weather for sure. I've actually seen some of our athletes share some photos of like the snow and stuff like that and it's been pretty full-on over there isn't it's it? It's crazy yeah it's been from the east coast over to the west it's been pretty cold the not today but just the other day we had negative 22 degrees celsius negative 22 like that is <laughs> hard to comprehend <laughs> yeah i know i know that's that's absolutely crazy i mean i was watching um I was watching this show in America. It was like this racing car driver was like doing this tour of the States. It was actually done recently. And just the amount of snow that was there was just mind blowing. Like you see that when you go to Mount Cook or like Queenstown. I know. But for you guys, it must be quite normal in the winter to walk out your house and be like, oh yeah, there's about 10 inches of snow. Literally just the daily. And then like, Part of me still expects work to be cancelled, but no, you've still got to go. That everyone just live, you just learn to live with it. It's just a different lifestyle. Luckily, that those universities over there have got some pretty good facilities for their athletes, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, they look after them pretty well. But cool. But totally. hey, look, I was really cool to get you on here um, to give people a bit of a background into this. So Natasha is head of our swimming department. She's worked with um, not she's placed nine platform athletes in the last. 13 to 14 months, she's earned over a million dollars in scholarship aid, both athletic scholarships and um, academic scholarships for our athletes too. She not only is placing athletes, but she actually swam for Auburn University. She's competed for New Zealand. She's competed at the highest um, level in the country. And it's great to have her here. She's calling us from Colorado. So currently she's based in Colorado. She was in New Zealand. I got to have a coffee with her. Was it December? <laughs> was it December? Mm -hmm. I think it was. Yeah. You're back for yeah. summer. Um, and now she's back there, which is great. And since working with uh, Natasha, we're always wanting to, you know, educate people about the college system and create transparency about the college system. Tash called me the other day and said, I've got this idea. Why don't we have a chat about, you know, um, things about the college system where athletes are thinking one way, but it's not quite right where we want to clear a few of the topics up. So kind of like misconceptions about the college system and that sort of thing. And I said, that's fantastic. Let's do it. So here we are. We've got a list of things that we're going to talk about. This conversation, I know that there's going to be a lot of swimmers. The swimming community that follows Natasha is massive. And I know there's going to be a lot of swimmers that are going to be watching this. But this is for all athletes in general, whether you're a uh -huh. tennis player to a track athlete to um, a basketball recruit. You know, this should be able to clear the air on a lot of different things with college coaches and going through the college process. So to get started, Tash. Let's talk about the whole thing of you need to visit the school before you commit. Do you really have to? Uh, no, you, you don't have to. And I mean, we're in a world right now and New Zealanders will feel this to their core, <laughs> that traveling is so hard right now. And 
you don't have to go to a school before you commit. And we're in a situation where we've had, uh, I believe every swimmer that I've placed so far did not do an in-person no. uh, visit. And Amrit, you've worked with how many athletes that haven't? Over 180. And like right. literally, I think I've had under 10 athletes that have done official visits where the college right. will pay for your expenses to go visit. But obviously, since 2020, we've been in a pandemic and MIQ right. situations and stuff like that. Right. It's, yeah. yeah, totally. And to be honest, even before the world shifted with COVID, I had friends that committed to American universities and chose not to go on a trip for various reasons, financial time. It's, it's a big commitment to travel over there for one week and there's, or, you know, they can't miss training or it's disruptive for various reasons. And so even back in, gosh, it feels like a lifetime ago when I was going through my recruiting process in 2013, I had friends committing to universities without going over and traveling to see it. And that's because the universities do a wonderful job of sharing the insight of being able to present what they are, who they are, how they run without you having to be there in person. I mean, especially with COVID, virtual things have got so much better and schools will now offer literal tours of their campuses virtually on Zoom. They'll do meetings. And I think the biggest part is, you know, you can find photos or videos of these facilities and then you get to talk with the coaches and that's a huge part, but you can get that feeling, that connection over Zoom and you can do the same with the team because to me, it isn't so much about the physical place, but the feeling of it. And yes, it's nice to get a feeling in person, but if you're meeting with the, for, for the swimming example, if you're meeting with the swim team on Zoom, you know, for me, if I was a female athlete, I'd want to meet some of the female swimmers and in yeah, it'd be nice to do it in person, but you can really get that connection and that vibe, you know, that feeling of, is that somewhere I can find a family? You can get that over Zoom. And so I understand if people, if athletes want to go visit in person, I get that. And we support that as well in the sense that if you can, if you have the means to, if you have the time or the ability, certainly go check it out, but you don't have to. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, I mean, I guess the earlier you start the process, so let's say you start the process with us in Tash, we've got athletes that have been working with us in like, you know, their sophomore, junior year in high school, which is second to third year away from graduating. Um, and basically these, like, these athletes have got the opportunity of going to the States and visiting schools. I've got time to go and do that. If you're in your senior year, you might not have that time. And then some athletes panic saying, we haven't been there, but there's so much material online. Just the other day, our soccer recruiter, Dylan Wood, he ended up um, talking to a Division II school. Now, we haven't spoken to this Division II school. The coach literally had us on FaceTime and was walking us through his whole campus saying, Love this that. is what we have to offer. And it was awesome. And our athlete ended up signing with that school two days ago. Nice. Which was great. So we get, I think with technology these days, it's just made life so much easier. I mean, you must have seen the Mark Zuckerberg metaverse thing that's happening now. Everyone's, everything's moving to online with the VR yeah. and all that sort of thing. College is <laughs> the same. There's so many virtual tours that you can do. But if you do start earlier, then you might be able to, you know, have the opportunity to go visit. I mean, Tash, I think you went and visited some schools, didn't you? Yep, I did. I did. So I, you can take up to, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm right, it may have changed, but in my time, you could take up to five official. Yep, that's all the same. Okay, so it's all the same. And so mm -hmm. official means that 
it's a process that the school goes through. They support financially part of that, well, most of that recruiting trip. Um, and then it means that you, you stay with the athlete one night and there's various rules for it to be an official visit. And I did four. So I did go over, um, my dad came with me and was an active part of my process, which I was thankful for. But this is back in 2013 when Zoom wasn't really exactly. such a big thing. And yeah. it was, and it was more common and I'm thankful and definitely I loved traveling, but I, I honestly think that I would have picked Auburn and that's where I went. I would have picked Auburn whether I had met them virtually or in person. I really believe that to my core. And it's kind of like buying a house these days. Like I've got a few friends of mine in Auckland here that, you know, back in the day they'd used to go and look at a house and walk around the place. And now they're wanting to, you know, buy houses in different cities that they can't get to uh, due to the pandemic. And some of them have just gone on Google earth, you know, Google maps and just had a walk around the streets, looked around the area, you know, made a few phone calls, look at stuff on, on Google, you know, what's the reviews like for that community. And they ended up investing in property like that. And, you know, it's the same as getting a scholarship in the States. If you start earlier, then you've got more time to organize those visits and so on and get over there with your family, have a bit of a holiday. Now that MIQ is not really becoming such a thing, it's starting to uh, dissolve. And, um, but I mean, look, you don't have to do that um, anymore with the technology that we have these days. It's not, it's not an absolute must. Um, and like you said, Tash, nine of our swimmers that have committed to college programs in the last 13 months um, have not gone over for a visit. <laughs> right, right. And we have nine that we're working with so far for 2023. And it doesn't look like they will go over either. And that's okay because they've already started virtual conversations and Zoom yeah. calls. And so it could be upwards of 20 swimmers alone without all your other athletes from the other sports that are making these informed decisions without having to go in person. Totally. Totally. All right. Next topic, Tash, you need to have great grades. Do you? Do you need to have great grades to go to America? You don't. You don't have to have great grades to go to America, but it can definitely open more doors. So what a lot of athletes don't realize is that when we start talking about sports scholarships, you know, that's what you hear, like, oh, I'm pretty good at my sports. I'm getting a sports scholarship. What some people don't realize is you could get more money by having a bundle with a sports and academic scholarship. So now let's say your sports scholarship only covers 50%, but then you get a 35% academic scholarship. Well, now most of your college is paid for. So it certainly opens doors. It cannot hurt you to have good grades. Let's say it that way. Whereas if you if your grades aren't a strong point for you, that's okay. Maybe your sport is your strongest part and that is okay. And there are plenty of colleges that will be really excited to have those athletes. But it's important to know that there are some colleges, especially ones in California, that have minimum grade requirements. And that may mean that with a really low grade in school, you might not be eligible for some of these specific academic focused universities. Totally, totally. I mean, I just got a message the other day from a college coach at a division one school in Illinois. And he said to me, I'm our athlete to get like, to be eligible with the NCAA division one, they need to have a 2.3 out of four grade point average, right? So you need to have over 55% as a passing rate throughout high school for New Zealanders that's like achieved or higher. 
Uh, for other schools that follow the C, B and A system, then that might have to have like a C plus or higher and, and to get that 2.3 out of four. That's one thing. The other component is that you got to get into university just like any other student would do Hi. if they were going there, regardless of them playing sport or not. And this, this guy said to me, I'm right at our school in Illinois, athletes need a 3.0 or higher GPA to get into university. So as Tash said, you know, the higher your grades and the better your grades, the more doors can start to open for you, not just with the academic scholarship, but actually getting into these universities. Because if you can't get into universities, right. even though you are eligible with the NCAA, you can't compete there. Totally, totally. Yep. And that's like the California ones and the Illinois one is a great example too. So it's like the coach may want you so bad. They may think that you're going to be amazing for their team. And then you go through admissions oh man, your grade trans, uh, when you turn it into a GPA, which yeah. is the American system, you might not literally be able to qualify to become a member at that university. Yeah. And so it, it can, it can limit doors, uh, but it can, and so it can open doors on the other side of it. So yeah, it's just something important to think about and it's not anything worth stressing about, but just to know that there's more, doors that are open if you have those strong grades and Absolutely. there's often more money that comes with it <laughs> and it's actually it's actually like the better grades you have it actually becomes a selling tool like for us as recruiters to coaches so if we have an athlete right that's let's say they've got like a 3.4 gpa out of out of four so they're doing quite well they're like a minor student or like an excellence merit student in new zealand what would be what's really good for us is if we say to a coach, look, not only have they got a great sporting CV, but they're fantastic yeah. students. They could get academic scholarships. So you don't have to exhaust your entire sporting budget to get them. They love that. Coaches yeah. love that so much. Absolutely. <laughs> so much. And then it's I also tell coaches as well. Also, the fact that they're doing well in high school means that they're not just they don't just have like a, a high worth ethic in the sporting field that they're in, whether it's a swimming pool, tennis court, golf course, but they pay attention to classwork. They respect their teachers. They, they, they expect themselves to give them the best, uh, perform the best they can in all areas, whether it's sport or academics. If they come to a university, they're going to carry on um, this great trait and this great characteristic that they have. And they're going to make sure that they give everything to your program. Coaches would rather recruit someone that's got a good CV and good grades than a good CV and someone that's just scraping by academically because you're going to be totally. causing problems and they, they can't do that because you must maintain a 2.3 out of 4 GPA for like your entire college career or for division two, it's 2.0 or less, but you've got to be passing. And if you're showing the coach you're not passing in high school, why would they take a chance on your university level? Totally, totally. You know? Yeah. You got to yeah. think about that, guys. Next yeah. thing, um, you need to be ready to commit to the first offer you get from a coach. Tash, no. I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you lead this. One. <laughs> Go for it. Absolutely not. That is definitely not true. But I understand why athletes may get into a position where they feel like that, right? Because recruiting is a little bit like a game, and coaches we love them, but they may put the pressure on an athlete and so the athlete may end up feeling like they have to do that and so that's why that question comes up is because they get put in these positions where they feel like they're being they're expected to commit immediately and I mean that's a that's a game that the coaches are playing right because if the coach wants that athlete so bad they're going to put the pressure on and that's just part of it but absolutely not and we at platform 
believe that the way you make an informed decision is by exploring lots of options. And our goal is to always bring a ton of options to the table for our athletes so that they can explore, compare, make notes, you know, pros and cons. And you can't do that if you're comparing one or even just two against each other. And so definitely don't commit to the first one, get a feeler, you know, you wouldn't buy the, unless it's literally perfect, in which case maybe, but you wouldn't probably buy the first, first house that you look at, right? You're not going to commit to the first offer either. You want to get a little, get some feelers out there, see what else is out there. And if the coaches put that heat on, we're here to help for our athletes and you can sort of manipulate that conversation to give yourself some more time. You do not have to commit to that very first offer. Oh, I agree with you there, Tasha. I mean, you want to take time. It's a big decision because you're going to the other side of the world. If you're from New Zealand or if you're from like, if you're watching this and you're from Europe or Australia or something like that, it's still quite a, quite a far Mm -hmm. way for you guys too. And you want to make sure that this is the right thing for you and you can't just make an impulsive decision. Um, it's really good to compare because it might be the best, the first school that contacts you might be the best school that you want to go to. And it might be like the ideal school for you, but you want to compare it. So you don't have any, what, what, what would be the best way to put this? You're not thinking, oh damn, like have I jumped too quickly at this opportunity? Right. You want to have a good time to enough time, I should say, to compare other different options. And so look, at the end of the day, if there is a school that contacts you out of the blue, and it's just an amazing school. It might be like UCLA or like Cal Berkeley or something like that. And they're offering you like a freakishly good deal. Yeah. You've got to start thinking, even though this is fantastic, if they're offering me this, I'll, I'll be interested to see what some other, some of the other top schools like University yeah. of Texas or South Carolina or University of Florida are going to be offering. And yeah. so it's always good to run it back at a few different schools before you make that decision. I mean, just yesterday, we've got this really cool school for an athlete in California. And this this person that we're helping, um, we think it's a really good offer for them. Even though it's the first school, we're like, this is insane. It's very rare for this offer to come by. Nice. And the athlete goes, I'll be cool to compare it to some, other, some of the other opportunities. And I said, absolutely. So me and my tennis recruiter got to work and we, we got seven other options for them and said, nice. this is what the deals would look like if you chose these schools. He's like, yeah. oh, wow. No, that first school is good. So it's always good to compare. Totally. I think it's like not taking the first option, but it's not only looking at the first option, like widen your scope, look at other options and then make that, um, make that decision based on the different um, elements of that deal. Oh, a hundred percent. And Auburn was actually the first school I ever communicated there with. Yep. And then I went forward and looked at probably 12 more, took it down to far, uh, four for my recruiting trips, ended up committing to Auburn, but felt so confident in that decision because even though they approached me first, I then went out, did my homework, looked around and then realized man, this is the school I want to be at. And so I was so confident in that. So, yeah. That's sweet. Well, moving into the next question or topic, I should say, is it bad to tell coaches um, what schools I'm talking to, what other schools I'm talking to? I think it is great. Um, Like I said, in the last, the last segment or the last topic we spoke about, I mentioned open and transparent. You have to be open and transparent with college coaches, I mean, coaches um, would love to know 
which other schools you're talking to to see if they could go back to their athletic department and try and get some more money for you. Yeah. Um, and it just creates that that good trust between you and the coach as well. So as well as it is like putting a bit of pressure on the coach because if you're in demand, obviously that coach is going to want you. But um, it's it's trying to build that trust with the coach as opposed to you like not saying anything. And then that coach talks to one of his buddies and says, yeah, I'm trying to recruit this guy from New Zealand. His name is Dylan Smith. If there's a Dylan Smith watching this, my bad. But if they <laughs> say there's a Dylan Smith and yeah. he goes, oh, I'm trying to recruit him as well. And like that coach might be a bit upset that you haven't mentioned anything that has happened before. So that's just that's just a comment from my end. What about you, Tash? How can you add to that? Yeah, the the athletic world gets very small, you know, coaches know coaches and especially yeah. swimming coaches know swimming coaches and the soccer coaches know the soccer coaches. And so absolutely, especially if you are talking to schools within the same conference, those coaches know each other, like have each other on text most usually. So Anytime it's worth being just upfront about it, but especially if it's in the same conference, don't hide it because it will come up and it's not a bad thing for it to come up. It's just you being transparent, like you said, and we so strongly believe we take the stance. I'm right. Whenever we're talking with our athletes or coaches, we're super upfront. Whenever I'm talking to a coach about an amazing swimmer that I'm working with, I tell them who else they're talking to, because if that swimmer chooses one of the other schools to commit to, we're going to have to go back to that other coach and thank them sincerely for their time and let them know where they committed probably. And so you may as well just be upfront from the start. I agree. And there is competitive advantages that come from that too. If you have two schools that are sort of rivals and you're talking to both, they might be able to find a little bit more money to get you onto their team as opposed to the other team. So yeah. I just think upfront, transparent from the start, it can only lead to beneficial conversations. And it will play into your hands the way you say it. If you're nice about it and be like, hey, coach, by the way, I, I'm a very honest person. I don't like keeping anything. I am talking to these other schools right now. No deals have been signed or anything like that. Um, I'm currently getting to know them just like I'm getting to know you as well. Um, I just want to be open and upfront about it. That coach would be like, oh, wow, he's a really trustworthy person. He's, a, he's, he's a someone that we would like in our environment. But I feel like, oh, by the way, coach, you know, like these guys are offering me deals. How much can you give me? Like, oh, yeah. See you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's all about how you present it, right? I mean, that, but that's with life, everything. Yeah. You yeah. Present it in an honest and transparent way, not in a way that's like, cocky or anything you yeah. know yeah 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 <laughs> uh, leave that arrogance at the door leave it totally. at the door. um okay if a coach misses a recruiting meeting uh does it mean that they're not interested in me well wow, this is such a funny one because it happens so much coaches so recruiting meetings go i'll let you go i'll let you go first oh uh no it you, I would say 99, if not 100% of the time, it does not reflect their interest in you as an athlete. It is likely some extremely unrelated thing that has come up. They are, coaches are so busy. They are such busy people. They also have personal lives. They have families. They have cars that might break down. They have their administrative staff barking in their ear about following all of the laws that they have to follow for recruiting. 
this they they have an entire team of swimmers that they care about, which is obviously a good thing. Or sorry, athletes, not just swimmers, but all athletes. Yeah, all athletes. There's so many things that can be a reason for uh, for a coach to miss a meeting. So it happens. Text them if you have their number. Check their signature if their if their phone number's in there. WhatsApp them. That's often far quicker than waiting for an email reply. Otherwise, just email them and just say, offer a few more times and say, hey, here are some times for me that work coming up. When works for you? And just reschedule it and and just push on because barely ever does it mean that they've ghosted you because they're not interested. That just doesn't really happen. <laughs> it happens with me. Like sometimes a coach will be like, I'm right, I would like to talk to you at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I mean, at the moment, it's 3.34 Eastern Standard Time and it's 9.34 in the morning here. So that's like 2 a.m. New Zealand time, right? Like 2.30 in the yeah. morning. I get up. Whenever a coach wants to talk to me, I don't care. I get up and I take that call. I go on the streets. I don't wake up my my people that I live with, my flatmates and stuff, and I just take yeah. that call. Sometimes I like have a shower. Uh, let's say this one time I was talking to this guy. He's a soccer coach at a Division One school. Had a shower, had a coffee, ready to go, waiting there nothing was in the waiting room for ages and zoom I was ah. like, what is going on and then he messaged me at five and he goes hey i'm sorry i got caught up in the meeting i was like that's all good um mm -hmm. i actually told him about it. i said yeah i was up it was 3 a.m and he's only goes no way was it i said yeah and he goes man i'm so sorry but what a legend for like committing to that wow um and he ended up signing three of our athletes so nice. you know it, it it's like it can be like a if you turn up for those early morning meetings even though they don't turn up. Not all is lost. It shows totally. that you you're committed and you really care. But sometimes these coaches are like Tash said. They've got a lot on their plate. They've got the cap on of being a parent uh, for the athletes. I've got a cap on being a manager for the athletes, making sure that the the operations, the the trainers, the traveling schedules all been sorted. They've got compliance to deal with with the rules. If any rules have been broken. They need to they need to go sort that out. They've got to meet with the academic staff to make sure that the athletes' grades are coming up. And then they've got to do recruiting as well. And so there's yeah. so many different things that they're juggling. And it's easy for them to miss meetings. It's so easy and it's so common. Just be really patient and remember, like, as much as you are a really valuable person and you know that coach will deserve you and you know they'll, they'll be really happy to sign you because you're amazing um at the same time you know that coach is giving a pretty big opportunity so we just have to sit patiently and just ride it out and this is part of the college process like it can be super frustrating but this <laughs> is all part of it so when an athlete calls me and said he didn't turn up like is he not keen i said not at all just say hey coach i just turned up for my meeting you must be really busy. I waited a little bit. Let me know when you're ready to meet again and I'll clear my schedule and I'll make it happen. Look forward to hearing from you. And that coach will receive and be like, oh, damn. Like, I'll feel bad about it. Yeah. But like, the, the athlete's being nice about it. So, totally. something to keep in mind. Um, okay. When a coach contacts athletes, Tash, sh like, how long should you wait before you reply? Don't wait. No waiting. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Formulate an appropriate response, but then send it. Send it. There, I think one of the biggest things that I've realized that I have to try and share with athletes is that um, in the most loving way, unless you're an Olympic gold medalist, you're not that special from all of the other recruits that they're talking to. You're a great person. You might have great grades. You're fun. You do leadership stuff. 
you're a super cool human being, but there are so many, so many athletes who are on the same level as you, probably maybe faster or maybe a stronger player, depending on your sport and maybe stronger grades than you. So if, if a door opens, do not, do not hesitate because that door could close. That coach could have texted you. You take two days to reply. They've now texted some Italian athlete and now the Italian has the scholarship. You know, things change so fast in the recruiting world so we don't wait no waiting R- run the reply by umred or your recruiting manager like me check that there's no grammatical errors and then send it right back because yep. you are grabbing that opportunity i tell my athletes like if you wake up in the middle of the night um at like let's say two or three in the morning check your phone real quick if you've got any emails respond right away Yep. Um, you got to communicate with coaches while while it's hot. Even like when coaches contact me, if a coach contacts me and says, hey, Amrit, how's it going? Just seeing what kind of athletes have you got available for this upcoming fall? I call them right then. And I just call their phone without even saying, I'm going to call you. I just call them. While, yep. that, while you're in their head, you have to be in contact with them because as Tash said, like, it's not the fact that like, you know, you're not special or anything. It's just so bloody competitive. It is so, <laughs> so hard to get scholarships. I mean, you've got an increase in athletes with athletes got another COVID year. If you don't know what that is, go check out the last video I did with Ali. He spoke about it and it's on our Instagram page. But when you are competing against, if you've got an increase in athletes with a slight decrease in programs and title scholarship budgets, it is so, so competitive. And so you want to make sure that if they contact you, you contact them right away. Like if you're in class, teachers, block your ears, go to the bathroom, send a message, like just get it done. Um, Don't say, oh, I got a message this morning at 6 a.m. I'll respond tonight. Don't do that because... You're giving another person an opportunity, another recruitment agency, and I know they're out there that try yeah. and try and wheel and deal their way into these deals. You have to be super competitive. My team is like whenever my recruiters like Tash or Dylan or um, Bailey, track and field recruiter, as soon as they get a message, then yeah. and there, they send it right away. You have to. Mm-hmm. You have to. It's just the nature of the game, guys. Yeah. Uh, Okay, if a coach verbally offers me a scholarship, am I safe? So what a verbal commitment is, is if if it's before signing week, so signing week is in your senior year around November the 11th, so November 11th onwards, you can sign a national letter of intent if you don't know what that is. Go to Instagram, there's a reel there called College Terms that explains it. Um, but signing week is when you like formally become part of the program. Prior to that, when you're in second to last year in high school, or third to last year in high school, a coach might want to verbally offer you and say, listen, we really like your resume. You're going to be a great athlete. We want to offer you a position here. And then you might say, coach, I accept your offer. And then you're verbally committed to the university. Are you safe? Tasha, let you go. So technically, no, you're not. But what I, I do believe that a lot of people have good intentions, right? And so the the thing that it comes down to is the NLI, the National Letter of Intent, is a legal document. It is binding. It's a, it, you, it's you're signing a contract. It's just like any other agreement. If it's made in writing, it's pretty legit. It's harder to get out of. It's harder for the school to bail. You know, actually, nearly impossible for a school to bail on that. But any agreement that you make verbally, it's not bound. It's not truly legitimate. And there could be extremely pure intention. Uh, Most people do stick with their verbal agreements. Most of them do. However, they're not legally bound. 
by that verbal commitment. And so what you can see is sometimes there will be adjustments or there will be a revoking of a verbal offer because it's not as secure as the NLI. And I'm sure that I, have you had any situations of that, Amrit? I have had an athlete that's verbally committed. And the thing, the only thing where it becomes a risk is if the coach changes because yeah. you're, you're, you're going to that university and that coach is offering you an opportunity earlier than the 11th of November in your senior year in high school because you're good and they want to lock you in and get you there. And what's really important on an athlete's perspective is making sure that relationship is intact, that sort of thing. Now, if that coach leaves to go to another university and a new yeah. coach comes in, that verbal offer or whatever off the table, it's like gone. You have to start again. We've had an athlete that did that. So Lizzie Neal is a golfer at ours. She committed to um, Northern Arizona University. She's one of the top golfers in the country. She's amazing. Shout out to Lizzie. She's honestly like an absolute <laughs> role model for prospective student athletes. Um, and Lizzie, we actually had a deal with her at Fresno State. And the coach goes, this, we like verbally committed in year 12. So second to last year in high school, we're good to go. And we're applying to the university and doing that sort of stuff. And then that, the coach at Fresno State calls me and goes, I'm going to got a better job off. I'm going to UNC. Now, Emily's a coach. She's awesome. Like she goes, I'm going to try and take you guys with us to, to UNC. Didn't work out. They already had quite a stacked roster. And so we had to go again. Now, luckily, I mean, Lizzie's an amazing golfer in New Zealand. She spoke to, she was getting sick of it. I think she spoke to like 30 schools within like two and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's she wasn't like stressed out, but um, well, not in, not in the bad way, in the good way. She was a bit stressed with all these schools, overwhelming. Um, but then she chose Northern Arizona and we signed the deal. Things can change. But then we've had other athletes like Hannah Blake. She verbally committed to go to University of Michigan on a soccer scholarship in her year 12 year, so second to last year in high school. Um, grade 11 for the Aussies that are listening to this. And um, she, that verbal commitment um, stuck and she signed a deal and away she went. She's like about to do a senior year at University of Michigan and playing for the New Zealand Ferns in the soccer team. So it can happen. It can happen in yeah. both ways. You just have to yeah. make sure that like, your recruitment team, because there's going to be people watching this that might be with other agencies and stuff, and that's cool. Um, you just got to make sure that they've got your back and they know how to deal with it. We've had experience dealing with it, but a verbal commitment does not lock you into a team. Yeah, totally. And and that's not to scare people away from the verbal yeah. commitments either, because I did a verbal commitment to Auburn and they, yeah. held, they held it up. And in the world today with juniors, so um, like year... 12s being able to engage in recruiting conversations it's becoming more and more normal to do verbal commitments because especially in the swimming world the strong swimmers at the top end ones are expected to commit two years in advance because if you don't the money in those top schools for swimming i'm talking about swimming here is gone it's gone and so you have to verbally commit so it's okay to do that and most of the time it does hold up but if we're talking technically no, that verbal commitment is not binding like the NLI. Yeah, I mean, so if parents are listening to this and like, well, what's the point of verbally committing if they can't sign a contract? So I know that's exactly what they're going to be thinking right now. Right. A lot of athletes. It, it, it protects you because the coach has made a conscious decision that they want you in the team. And then what's really important is you to maintain that relationship with the coach. And what the coach will do is they'll invite you into the team Zoom meetings. 
You'll be connected with the athletes on Instagram. You'll feel like a member of their family. And if it's yeah. a school that you just would love to go to, and that's why you want to verbally commit, it's all about making sure your relationship with them is sweet. You might even, because you're verbally committing and it's really early on, you might even want to go and visit that school yeah. and, go, and go meet the coach and go out to dinner with the coach and stuff. Obviously following the NCAA rules, because he's ruled yeah. about when you can talk to them and that sort of thing. Um, but you know, it's it's never a bad thing. You just need to be aware that college is an amazing thing to do and, and to go and pursue, but there are risks. And the risks here is if that coach decides to leave and a new coach comes in, that deal is gone and you've got to find yeah. a new one. But if you're with an amazing recruitment agency like Platform Sports Management, hashtag <laughs> ad, um, <laughs> we'll be able to sort you out. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I expect to find a full scholarship. I guess we touched on this, but full scholarships are, are quite tough. I mean, for the for the top elite athletes that you've either had the the pleasure and the opportunity and the honor of representing your country, um, you know, you, it's quite easy to to get a full scholarship um, because from a coach's standpoint, there's a bit more trust with that athlete and a bit more validation, I guess, with that athlete um but i mean you can always get full scholarships with stacking both academic and right. money, but it's it is a little bit hard especially for the boys for the girls it's a bit different um because of title nine the girls get a bit more money because there's no girls american football but for the guys it's it's much tougher to get full scholarships what would you say to that tash i totally agree it's um for example we have seen nine swimmers over so far we've got nine more going over in 2023 which is awesome and so far we've had one person out of those 18 athletes that I've worked with be offered straight up a full scholarship right and some of them end up being basically fulls especially with the bundling with academics such a good thing if you've got strong grades to get that academic money in there as well but it's not super common to have a full scholarship in this day and I say this day COVID world because of those fifth year athletes coming back gaining the opportunity to compete which was ripped away from them because of COVID so we understand why the scholarship is being reused on them but it means that there is just not as much money out there and even the stronger athletes are potentially not receiving full scholarships the coaches are pushing really hard to try and get them some academic money to make up for the fact that they don't have the full scholarship especially on the men's side it's challenging and then a big part of it is just sort of matching up the athlete's skill level with the level of the school so what I always like to chat about is that you know you could go to one school that's literally only Olympians. And if you're not Olympian, they're not going to want to offer you a full scholarship because they have a team of 27 Olympians, let's say. But then you could go to a school that isn't Olympians, but is really decent athletes. And then they're going to talk to you about scholarship money. So it's all about finding the right level of school for the family's budget, right? It's one of those puzzle pieces. There's a million puzzle pieces, but that is a bit that um, can be controlled a bit through sort of being flexible with the types of schools you reach out to for sure and the reason we're talking about this guys because there's so many recruitment agencies out there we're not going to name them but they're out there um that are telling kids oh yeah if you come with us we'll get you a full scholarship like yeah. it is so hard to do it guys um yeah like i said we are open and transparent we're very honest we tell athletes what sort of deal they're going to get with their athletic resume when they send it to us before they pay us a cent 
Yeah. And then if they're happy with that and they were willing to work with us towards that or slightly better, um, then we can sign a contract with them and get working. Otherwise, we don't. And like the reason why I want, like before we filmed this, I actually phoned Tash and I said, this is great because we need to provide this information to parents and to athletes to listen to. I think it's really important for them. Um, because there's a lot of there's a lot of recruitment agencies that bait up that fish hook and say, yeah. you know, we've got these athletes here full scholarships. We can get you a full scholarship when it's just not the case. And right. if you kind of like, um, I'm sort of going on a bit of a tangent here, but if you see like some athletes, right, and maybe they just say, yeah, I'm on a full scholarship, and you look up their their swimming times, and they're at a particular university and not one of the fastest swimmers, or right. you see the they're at a soccer, they're on a division one soccer team, but they haven't played many games yeah. or they're a tennis player and they haven't made, played many tennis matches and they're telling people on a full scholarship. They're lying to you. They're yeah. lying to you. Okay. It's yeah. hard. It's so hard. Well, the family is supporting them majorly financially. And that's, that's okay that everyone has yeah. a different financial budget and that's just part of it. But even to be super, you know, we're all about transparency. I was the New Zealand record holder. I was, I had gone to junior Pan Pacific games, some major international meets before going to Auburn. And this is pre-COVID world where there was more athletic money in the pot. Yeah. I was not on a full scholarship. I was on a 75% athletic scholarship at Auburn University. My academics helped. Yes, that nearly put me up to 100 because I took my grade seriously. But yeah. I was not, I was a New Zealand record holder. I was representing New Zealand internationally and I was on a 75% scholarship because Auburn is a really strong school yeah and it's just it's important to understand that and I so believe that it's it I'm just thankful that we're sharing this you know yeah. because it is important mm, it totally is and we're very straight up people we don't beat around the bush we're very dull yeah. and that's the sort of people that you know that's why my athletes love working with us because that's mm -hmm. what they're going to get they're going to get honesty um, you know, we don't rush athletes into deals just for the sake of it. We take our time. And if we know that that coach can get more money, we, we go after it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got some stories that we probably won't share, but we go after it. Um, okay. I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah. Oh, last one. It's all about times and stats. And so that's oh, yeah. probably the last thing that we haven't touched. So in broad terms, like it's all about your athletic CV. Um, yeah how true is that it's not i mean i think we've touched i think we've touched on everything just now but to title yeah. it to one it's about grades it's about your coaching reference uh from your home country like that college coach is going to call your coach and figure out what kind of person you are you know what really? you never know who knows who in this world do you um, no you're it's crazy the connections recently that it's honestly nuts. I, a guy I swam with in a tiny town in New Zealand recently gave me the cell phone number of an amazing D1 coach in New York. Like, it's just nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is it is crazy. And the amount of times where I'll give you, oh, actually, I'll give you an example. So I am helping out this basketball athlete and we're talking to this particular university in California. And the coach, I noticed he went to a university, a division one school in California. And a mate of mine actually went to that school as well, but different sports. This guy played tennis. Yeah. And um, when I was like just helping this basketballer, I didn't bother talking to my mate or anything. My mate actually messaged me and goes, hey, are you helping this basketballer? I said, yeah. He goes, oh, my friend 
uh, that you're talking to, who's a basketball coach, contacted me and I haven't spoken to him in three years and said, hey, do you know this guy that I'm helping in basketball from New Zealand? Because I know New Zealand's only got 5 million people and yeah. Illinois's got 11 million. So we're very small compared to America. Um, and he just tried using that network to find out about my basketball kid. And, um, you know, this happens so much. And the one, the, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that when you're competing, when you are training hard with your, with your coach, just make sure you be really respectful. If yeah. you are an athlete that is very competitive, which is great, but you're overly competitive where you start cursing or you're disrespectful, you're super arrogant, you've got a big ego, that's going to be found out pretty quickly by the Americans. Like they'll, they'll call around and contact people. It might be former athletes, you know, yeah. off that school. You never totally, know. totally. It's, it's everything. You are representing yourself in every element. It's your grades. It's your stats or your times. If you're a track or field or swimming athlete, you know, your times or your stats. If you're a tennis player or a soccer player, it is your personality it is your ability to be a team player. Are you going to transition well to being part of a big team? Are you? Do you have leadership roles in high school? I love when I can tell a coach that the athlete I'm working with is also a leader. I, it's, it's very helpful. Uh, do you go out of your way to do these extra things? Every part of it helps. And I'll throw this in because I can never say it enough. And I know you posted about this just the other day, Amrit. They will also check your social media. Make sure that whatever you post on social media, your grandma would be cool with seeing. That yeah. is the standard. <laughs> yeah, no, Ali actually said in the last chat, he goes, my granddad told me that nothing's ever good on social media past 12 p.m. And I, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, I rate that. But yeah, I mean, it's totally valid. You're representing not just yourself, but you're representing the team. I mean, we look after athletes until they graduate in college and I'm, I'm dealing with a, a situation where this athlete's being a bit too individual minded and like focused about themselves as a part of, the, as opposed to the team. So like a, a situation is this particular person tried to compete in their sport, didn't perform the best and then took off and left the venue instead of staying there and supporting the team, even though that they didn't do that well. And the coach was not happy about it. And so everything is about the team. And they want to know if you have these qualities as a person before you arrive in school. And they're going to call people about it. And you know what? Like Natasha and myself, we get contacted all the time by college coaches asking us, hey, what do you think about this athlete in New Zealand? We're thinking about recruiting them. And, uh, you know, we're really proud that we've built trust because we're so honest and open with coaches. We've built great trust with these schools in the U.S., and I had the soccer coach asking me the other day, hey, what do you, do you know anything about the student athlete? I didn't, I did not. Um, I called two coaches that did, and they yeah. gave me some great feedback that, that this athlete is using another agency. And so, you know, like you never know who knows who in this game. And you just need to make sure that you're doing all the right things and you're putting your best foot forward at all times. And one of the most um, common questions that I get asked by coach is how do the athletes treat their mum or how do they treat their yeah. dad? And, you know, that's the kind of people that they want. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. Cool. Well, thank you so much, um, guys, for, for listening to this. And it's great to have yeah. Tash here. She's super experienced in the college system, you know, not just helping athletes, but 
living the college dream herself. She's now married this awesome guy called Tommy, which is <laughs> Auburn, um, and uh, based in Colorado. And Tasha's now working with all of our swimmers, not just in New Zealand, but worldwide. As mentioned before, guys, we do free consultations. So if you want to contact us, hit us up, just contact us through the website. You can message Tash directly on her Instagram page. You can message us on our platform Instagram page and just say, hey guys, I'm keen to learn more about the college system. What will happen is that we can set up um, a Zoom call with you. So either Tash will or I will, and we can walk you through the process. We can tell you a little bit about our experiences dealing with colleges in the States and like we could learn a little bit more. We'll ask you some questions about your grades. We'll ask you about your resume as an athlete, that sort of thing. What, what's the end game for you? Is it academic focus? Is it sport focus? Or is it cost related? Like, do you have to be on like a really good scholarship? There's pathways that we can we can explore for you in those ways as well. And then we can just explain how we can help. And if you're keen, then we can get working. If you want to walk away after that meeting, there's no cost. It's just a free chat. So you've got nothing really to lose. So thank you so much. We're going to be pumping more content out. Tash, you're an absolute legend. Um, <laughs> I need to get you some of this your sports gear, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I need to get that to you. Nigel Morgan oh, is the man. He, he sorts us out. So we'll get that stuff to you. But thank you so much, guys, for listening. Have a great day. And Tash, look after yourself in the cold there, mate. I know. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I'm right. Nice to chat as always. Awesome. Catch you soon. Cheers. Bye.